Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart New Tech. I'm your host and resident Old Fart, Jim Schaefer, and the podcast, at least to me, is the new tech. I hope this finds you well and you're having a great week. And are you still recovering from Christmas? I know I am. How does Santa treat you? I'm sure it's dependent upon you being naughty or nice. I guess I was semi-good this year because I was rewarded with some nice tech gifts. I'll tell you about them in the Tech I'm Using segment. If you were expecting a year-end to wrap up, well, you've come to the wrong place. There's plenty of those types of shows already, so why should I add to them? And we're coming to you from the studios of the Factual Data Creation Facility. As usual. Well, we'll start with some tech news. This is when I was going to tell you about a great deal on the Klipsch TI2 True Wireless Earbuds. Amazon had them for 50% off for the price of $99. Now it's too late. They're back to their normal $199 as I'm recording this. I've used wired clipped earbuds for years now and found them better sounding and much more reasonable in price compared to, let's say, Beats, Sony, and others. The TI2s come in two colors, silver and gunmetal. The latter is basically black. The cases are made from metal and just look cool. If I was in the market for earbuds and I wasn't buried deep into the Apple ecosystem, I'd probably pick these up. James Bond had a gunmetal cigarette case, so just imagine how sophisticated you'd look pulling out a pair of these earbuds. Just imagine how an author would describe you in words. So if you're in the market for some earbuds that look and sound great, keep an eye on the Klipsch TI-2s on Amazon for another sale, and hopefully they'll have one soon. I'm hearing rumblings around the intertubes that Apple's forgotten about car project is back from the zombie state it's been living in for a couple of years. Supposedly, the fruit computer company is planning on bringing a vehicle to market by the year 2024. Knowing Apple, the car will be both beautiful and, of course, expensive. Maybe these cars are not going to be for sale at all. What I mean by this is Apple pushed iOS developers into the hated subscription model of application pricing and are slowly becoming a service company themselves. Examples to support this are the Apple Credit Card, Apple iPhone Trading Program, Apple TV, News and Fitness Plus. These cars are rumored to be truly self-driving, so 
You would subscribe to an Apple Transportation Plus service or whatever they end up calling it and just summon an iCar with your iPhone when needed. I'm sure they will have different pricing tiers all the more to squeeze the last dollar from you. What do you think Apple will do? TheStreet.com is reporting that Microsoft is in the planning stages of designing and manufacturing their own computer chips. Now this makes sense as Apple has been doing this and with the introduction of its M series of chips seems to be shattering all benchmarks versus Intel's x86 architecture based chips. They have uh, been standard on PC since the 1990s and before. Gone are Texas Instruments, MIPS, and Motorola-designed CPUs of yore. If Intel wasn't worried before, this news should make them start. AMD should take notice, too. I wouldn't buy any Intel stock these days. That company has become too complacent over the years, and they're paying for it now. The Zoom video conferencing app parent company has announced a version for M-Series powered Macs. Well, of course they would. The guys over at the CCP need a way to rapidly develop their own version of the M-Series chip. The Zoom app will never touch any of my future M-Series Macs or my current Intel powered ones. Just saying. The popular messaging app Telegram will be ad-supported in the near future, according to a report from Gizmodo.com. Adoption of Telegram has jumped recently, most likely due to what Facebook has done to WhatsApp since acquiring it. Telegram now has over 500 million active users, and the price of server space goes up with each new user. The founder of Telegram, Pavel Durov, has been using his own funds to keep the service afloat to this point, hence the move to finally monetize his creation. Telegram will start offering paid business and power user accounts, and then start running ads via its own ad platform. Person-to-person -person conversations will remain encrypted, ad, and payment-free, but the channel's feature of the app, which kind of resembles Twitter, will feature ads. I jumped on Telegram years ago, just like I had WhatsApp, but due to recent events beyond my control, have stopped using it. The problem with Telegram, as with other so-called secure messengers, and yeah, I'm looking at you, Signal, is that they require access to your phone's contact list and number to operate. Lately, I've been getting notifications from Telegram about people I didn't know or want to know showing up on my Telegram contact list, though these people weren't on my phone's contact list. As fast as I deleted them, more would show up, something that just didn't happen in the early days of the app. Signal didn't have this problem when I was using it, but that app will not work unless it has access to your phone's contact list and number, just like Telegram, and while using the video chat feature, my phone would heat up and uh, the battery would drain. The only encrypted communications app that I'm aware of that is truly secure is Threema. They are out of Switzerland and do not require a phone number nor access to your contact list to work. The drawbacks to Threema are it's a paid app. I think it's a one-time cost of $2.99 and not many people are using it. What do you use or suggest to use for critical communications? Tech I'm using. 
Santa has come and gone and left me some tech could use to play with and tell you about. Unlike his previous visit, I only received one small item related to podcasting, and that was the Samsung MD5 desktop microphone stand. I currently use another make, and it has the advantage of being adjustable, but I don't use that feature because the stand is at its lowest possible position, and it still sits too high. The Samsung stand is fixed at 5 inches, which is perfect for my setup, and is much heavier in weight because of its wider base, thus making it much sturdier overall. A great gift that I will be using for many years to come. Next up from Santa was a pair of HomePod minis. When these things were first released, I thought I would not have a use for them. I have plenty of Amazon Alexa smart speakers around the house, and Apple Series is the dumbest digital assistant of them all. Siri isn't able to compete because of Apple's privacy concerns, so I guess I understand. What I wasn't aware of until recently is thanks to a recent firmware update, you can now pair the minis to your Apple TV via Wi-Fi. This is a game changer for me, and that's exactly how I'm using them. The units themselves are tiny and were easy to set up and pair together using my iPhone. Connecting them via Wi-Fi to the Apple TV was a bit hokey, but nothing you can't figure out by doing a quick internet search. The sound these diminutive little speakers put out is mind-blowing, especially the bass response. Watching my favorite, but unfortunately recently canceled, sci-fi series The Expanse on Amazon Prime, dialogue was so much clearer than just using the television's built-in speakers, and the sound of rocket engines actually shook the room a bit. Background sounds that weren't apparent before are now completely legible. My only gripe with the sound is the highs and mid-range are rolled off a bit for my tired old ears, but what Apple has managed to do with just one speaker driver is just simply amazing. If the full-size HomePods ever have a fire sale, well, count me in. Those are able to use Dolby Atmos besides having eight separate drivers on board. While the way I use the minis is not ideal, when used as a stereo pair, these things would make excellent external speakers for any model of Mac computer. The next thing found under my tree is something I've been talking about for a while. You know, the cameras on that Apple uses on their Macs are, are just, well, let's just call it garbage. And branded webcams have been hard to find, and when you did find them in stock, they were at greatly inflated prices. Well, it seems Santa found a Logitech C922 webcam for me. I haven't played around with it yet, but when I do, I'll let you know how it went. The big star of all the Christmas gifts was actually delivered by Mrs. Claus, and it's an iPad Air 4th generation with the Magic Keyboard. My trusty old 12.9-inch iPad Pro was starting to show its age, was giving me almost daily low memory messages and battery life decreased so much that I had to have it connected to a power source almost constantly. The addition of the smart keyboard is what makes the 10.9-inch tablet stand out from my old iPad Pro. I use the Folio keyboard on that old Pro, and though sufficient for light editing, I really couldn't use that combo in place of a laptop. The Magic Keyboard is sturdier with keys comparable, if not better than my MacBooks. I know I like typing on it better than my iMac's Magic Keyboard, 
Heck, I prefer typing on most keyboards rather than typing on the IMAX Magic Keyboard. The keyboard was compared to the IMAX by reviewers, but I find it much better. I hope when the IMAX get redesigned next year, the Magic Keyboard gets upgraded to feel like this one. Another thing these, this Magic Keyboard features is backlit keys, something the Folio and the IMAX keyboard didn't feature. You also have a trackpad, which gives the iPad slash Magic Keyboard combination a more laptop feel than my old setup. You don't have to touch the screen as much either, which saves you from breaking your concentration while typing and keeps your screen cleaner. Speaking of screens, the iPad Air screen looks better than my Pro. Colors look more natural to me. Now, some things I miss about the old iPad Pro, the first being screen size. The 12.9-inch screen the Pro I was rocking was a lot larger than the Air and was better for media consumption. The drawback to that, though, was being that the Pro was an older model, the thing was huge in comparison to the Air. It dominated wherever I set it up. I'll get used to the new smaller size of the uh, Air in, in no time. Another thing I miss is the audio. The Pro had four speakers versus the two found on the Air. I noticed the difference in stereo separation and low frequency performance. The Air just isn't able to produce the same great sound that the Pro did. It sounds tinny compared to the Pro with stereo separation barely audible. I'll get around this by using my AirPod Pros more with the Air, which will have the side benefit of giving other members of the household some peace and quiet. All in all, I'm happy with the iPad Air and can't see myself ever purchasing another MacBook Air for mobile computing. For my uses, the iPad Air combined with the Magic Keyboard does everything I need and will be much easier to lug around. What tech did Santa bring to you? Entertainment News I recently read an article published by Consumer Reports that bemoans the fact that the New Year has become a yearly tradition for cable television and internet providers, which are usually one and the same, to raise prices and lower data caps for their customers. No. In my experience, price increases around this time of year are true for television streaming service providers also. I'm lucky to have an internet provider who doesn't have data caps, but the service is on the pricey side. I cut the cord years ago, but streaming service pricing has steadily gone up. Right now, I'm looking at going back to AT&T Now, the streaming service I first cut the cord with. So, Happy New Year! Here's a nice higher price for you, our loyal customers. The popular and wildly successful rapper Lil Wayne has been left off the list of the music industry's annual Grammy Awards. He tweeted about being perplexed by this omission, and I think he met it as sarcasm because we all know why he was snubbed. It seems the artist is a free thinker. He didn't blindly throw his support behind the entertainment industry's chosen one this last election. He also sinned by publicly supporting and taking photos with Orange Man Bad. This is his industry's peers' way of paying him back for refusing to get with the program. Well, from what I hear, his new music is tearing up the charts, and he has enough money in his bank account to comfortably live out the rest of his life. So, 
I believe he really doesn't care. Well, good for him. I wish him more success in the future. IMDB.com has a report on network television shows that have been canceled, renewed, or are in limbo for their next season. I don't, myself, I don't watch much network television these days, but a couple I do watch are in limbo. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a comedy, was canceled by Fox before and then picked up by NBC. That show is again in limbo. This might be because the show features police and the storyline has become increasingly woke this last season. Another show is Blue Bloods, probably because, you know, all police are bad and so are fictionalized shows about them, apparently. Heck, even The Simpsons are on the cutting block this year. If networks keep going woke, I hope they go broke. Finally, rest in peace, Leslie West. Your group, Mountain, was a mountain of heavy metal, and you were a mountain of a man. Godspeed to you, man. Podcast News An article on NeemanLab.org predicts a period of stagnation in the world of podcasting in the upcoming year, or maybe even years. The author, Eric Newsom, feels the rapid increase of capital from major media companies and the consolidation of formerly independent podcast networks, now under the wings of major players like Spotify, for example, are making a mad dash towards advertising and other monetization methods, such as television and movie deals. Mr. Newsom uses the podcast tracking service PodTrack's Top 100 list to point out just how homogenous the most popular shows have become. Nearly all are news or politically focused shows put out by major news organizations such as the New York Times and NPR. The rest of the list is made up of true crime or comedy shows, the latter hosted by famous personalities, while the former are hosted by professional voiceover actors. The author goes on to say that these big corporations that are now dominating the charts have the belief that they are just giving the audience what they want. He then compares this to restaurants. If that industry abided by that belief and that formula, there would be hardly any way to stand out amongst competitors. He longs for the days that different ideas and quirkiness ruled the charts. He sums up this great article with the following statement. I struggle to find a single example of a podcast company that's been acquired in the last few years that has thrived under its new ownership. Indeed. I've been railing on this subject all last year and just hope podcast listeners will tire of these shows, but stick around long enough to discover different independent podcaster shows. We've witnessed the same consolidation phenomena with broadcast radio over the last decade and are seeing how hardly any local coverage, they have less revenue, and they have massive layoffs in that industry. Sign of the times, I guess. You know, I try and resist the impulse to think back on things. No small feat for someone my age. Instead, I try to focus on the future, the future of my podcasting endeavors being a recent example of this. If the show somehow becomes more successful, or even if I add a co-host someday, I would have to upgrade the equipment I'm currently using. 
My setup now only focuses on one host, and that's me. My audio interface can accept two microphones, but my combination mic preamp slash channel strip can only accept one mic input. Now I could just purchase another channel strip and call it a day, but the sound would be the same. What fun would that be? If you've been listening to the show, then you know I was considering getting the Rodecaster Pro. It's a beautiful piece of equipment, but the audio processing it has on board has limited settings. And I'm more of a hands-on type of guy. I'd rather shape the audio before it goes into my digital audio workstation. This makes the audio sound better, there's no digital artifacts, and cuts way down on the time I would spend editing. My workflow now has me doing most of the editing on the fly, so by the end of the recording, I just have to polish up a few things before publishing it. So lately, I've been perusing reviews on vacuum tube-based combination mic preamp channel strips with two mic inputs and outputs. None of the somewhat affordable models have all the features I need, and that would namely be a noise gate. Giving up on the combo models, I started looking at separate mic preamps and channel strips. I can get all the processing features of my current DBX-286S minus the preamp and the cost with a DBX-266S and pair it with a separate preamp unit. But what preamp would I pair it with? Again, scouring online for reviews, I decided on a Grace Designs M201 preamp. Well, besides not widely available, the cost of this thing is akin to a pretty good used car. After getting over this price shock, I remember that the standard audio file for the podcast format is a compressed MP3 file with the high and low tones trimmed down. So even if I had access to and recorded in a professional studio, the audience wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference in the sound. This was a snapback to reality and maybe to decide to stick with what I have for now. And if I do need another mic input, I would just get another DBX-286S and save my money. But I myself would be able to tell the difference in audio quality, some part of my brain shouted back. I'll have to suppress that rogue thought for now. A great sounding show I listen to is the No Agenda podcast, hosted by the podfather himself, Adam Curry. Though not the best sounding podcast I've heard, it's probably probably the best sounding non-professionally produced and recorded podcast that I've heard. I use much of the same equipment as that show, not intentionally, it just happened that way. I used the same mic and Electro Voice RE320 and the same DAW Hindenburg Pro that Mr. Curry uses himself. We both also use an interface made by the company Motu, as mark of the unicorn, but he uses a more expensive one because he also live streams his shows, and he needs the extra input and outputs. Instead of using an analog channel strip for compression, etc., he does it all in software. Well, he has the time to do so and gets paid for that time. If I could match that sound, I'd be satisfied. Other good-sounding podcasts are recorded in soundproof rooms and use $1,000 plugins in post-editing to ensure that sound. Well, I'd never go down that route. I'd rather have the piece of equipment to look at than some digital wizardry, no matter how dazzling, for that amount of money.
Also, I've listened to shows using these things, and you know what? I still think the No Agenda podcast sounds better. None of these shows compare to those recorded and produced in professional broadcast studios. For example, the Savage Nation and the Glenn Beck program. Though the Savage Nation is going full podcast after the New Year's, makes me curious to see what that show will sound like. To find out how these stations achieve that big sound, I scoured the internet and believe that they use voice-enhancing electronic boxes that cost between five and $10,000 a pop. Makes me just want to go out and get a job sweeping the floor in one of these facilities just to find out for sure. So for now, I'm sticking to the setup I have, no matter what that lizard part of my brain tells me. Then again, having everything I need built into a unit such as the Rodecaster Pro would save space and my recording area wouldn't resemble an electronic store. So guys, did you enjoy the last ramble of the year? Well, it's rant time. I wasn't planning on having an end-of-year rant. Really, I wasn't. I figured we had enough bad news and situations this year, so I was just going to tell you some tales of yore to end 2020. All that went out the window while perusing the site NeemanLab.org. The website sees itself as a site where journalism can figure out its place in the age of the Internet. They are in the process of publishing predictions about journalism for the upcoming year, and have a bevy of who the site considers smart people, and that's their words, to make these guesses. Besides a few gems about the upcoming year for journalists and podcasting in general, most of the opinions point out, in my opinion, the problem within the industry and the reason why the majority of news consumers are starting to mistrust them. Most of these anointed smart people's opinions show a political bias and an out-of-touch attitude towards the very people they count on, their audience. Instead of informing, these elites want to lead you, us peasants and unwashed masses, by telling you what is the right way to think, speak, and act. Made me wonder when this became part of the mission of Western journalism. I guess there's no money in that. Speaking of myself and I'd like to believe that most people think the same, I would like to know the facts, not the journalist's feelings or opinions on events. Leave the opinion forming to me. Though these elites believe they are smarter than the common folk, evidenced to themselves by their fancy pieces of paper they were awarded for living in a bubble for four years or more, only to enter and continue to reside in yet another bubble. I'll share an old saying that applies here with you yet again. No one pays you to think. Life experience, and excuse the unintentional pun, trump education every single time. So the one prediction for the upcoming year I'll share with you is the following. Journalism in this country will continue to be influenced from personal, internal, and outside agendas and bear only a slight resemblance to actual facts. And here's a bonus prediction. Audience numbers will continue to fall along with the trust people have in the mainstream media. My advice is to tune out from social media, especially regarding news items. Don't trust one source of information. Use multiple sources and weed through the opinions to get to the facts. 
then form your own opinion on the matter. Trust me, you'll feel better about yourself. Well, I hereby decree that episode 59, the last of the year 2020, is now officially over. So happy new year. Let's hope 2021 will be a much better one. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed making it and I hope you found it worthwhile. You can always contact me at OFNTpodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me what you like and dislike. I'd love hearing from you. So guys, be safe. See you next year. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Now, finish making those resolutions you won't keep. Down that last glass of champagne. Put your mask back on. And kindly get off my lawn. I'm out. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.